Hello, this is Father Patrick Baikauskas broadcasting Frank Friar Fridays this week from Holy Rosary Parish in Houston, Texas, where I am with Dominican Friar Gregory Dunn, one of the friars with whom I live in uh, St. Louis at St. Dominic Priory. Tomorrow is a big day for him. It's going to be his solemn vows, and so I thought it'd be a wonderful opportunity for all of you who are listening, we just had a seminarian from the Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend with us to hear somebody who is close in that stage in their own religious journey. So welcome, Greg, to yeah. Frank Fire Fridays. For sure. Would you like to start us with a prayer? That sounds good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you and we thank you for this this day we thank you for your great love and mercy we um, we thank you for your presence with us we thank you that you are always with us on the journey of life and today we rejoice in your provident care that you are present with us we pray for all those listening to this podcast that they may be reminded of the Lord's presence with them um, and that you would we ask you Lord to, to bless us um, to help us to follow you with our whole heart, to surrender in loving trust, to offer our hearts to you, offer our lives to you, trusting that you will continue to guide us along the way. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your presence with us. And you ask, ask that you bless our listeners, bless our conversation today. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Greg. And thanks for taking time out from a, a busy weekend for yeah, you. You have a very important uh, moment in your life coming up tomorrow with your solemn vows. But tell us first uh, a little bit about yourself. Where where are you from? How did you meet the Dominicans? So, um, yeah. Um, so I was born in Indiana, although um, from I'm from te uh, Texas. Um, my I have roots. Uh, roots in Indiana. My mom grew up outside of Indianapolis. Dad's from Wisconsin, but I was born in the Hoosier State, um, so I definitely have roots roots there. Um, I lived in Valparaiso as as a kid. Um, when I was when I was a kid, I I thought about um, college. I mean, when I moved from Valparaiso, I was in sixth grade. I thought I was thinking about college. My dad went to Purdue. Oh. Actually, and um, two, two of my aunts went to Purdue and an uncle. Um, so there were some of that family roots. My grandpa went to mm -hmm. Purdue. Um, and so when I was a kid, Purdue seemed like, um, seemed like a pretty good choice for school. So I went to Texas A&M, which in many ways is similar to Purdue and Very South or in, in College Station. So yeah. in a way, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I lived in Indiana, I kind of think I would have gotten to Purdue since I went to A&M, um, that same kind of ballpark. Um, so that's a, a little background. Um, so I met the, I'm in the Southern Dominican province. Um, my family was living in Texas in Fort Worth and I met the friars there. And um, we do these things called come and sees where we basically, if you're interested in the friars, you can go on this retreat and you learn about you know, it's really kind of like drinking from a fire hose. A lot of times you learn about Dominican spirituality and you, you um, kind of get introduced and you have some a period of reflection and 
conversations to think about you know joining um, so I had that time after college when I graduated from A&M I went to the novitiate so it's our first year so novitiate is is really that it's a, a blessed time of orientation of prayer um, so I had my novitiate in Irving um, for a year Irving um, Texas Irving Texas yeah that's right that's right and then after after the novitiate was a period of, of discernment for making first vows so at the end of that, I made first vows. That was in 2017. And then after that, I moved to St. Louis, uh, where we lived together in community. When do you feel you were first experiencing any call to religious life? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was in college, I was discerning um, <clears throat> what my next steps would be like. So I went on one of those come and see retreats. And, and so I think if anybody's discerning, I think that's a really uh, great opportunity to just go on, on a retreat like that and experience life. Actually, my first exposure to religious community was, was not with the Dominicans. It was um, with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. There was oh. a, a priest there at, at Texas A&M who invited me to a come and see. Um, I went on another come and see uh, with the Franciscans at that point. And it was really a time of exploration. I was pretty new to the concept of religious life as a college student, and I was looking at religious communities and I was exposed to what a religious community looks like. And that really opened my eyes to a deeper exploration of ex exploring charisms. I didn't really have an idea of what a charism was. I didn't really understand how religious were different from one another monastic life and apostolic life. I, I didn't really have a concept or way to navigate that. Um, and so I actually met the, when I met the Dominicans, had a connection through my own mother. I was, I had all these kind of options. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table one day, leaning against the stove and t telling my mom I had all these options of like, what, what am I going to do? I have different religious communities to think about. She goes, have you ever thought of the Dominicans? I said, no. Why did she say that? So she said that she went to St. Louis University when she was oh. a student. Um, and it was actually, and she took a class at Aquinas Institute. Really? She did, yeah. And it wasn't until I was in the order, actually, that I discovered that she took a class at, at Aquinas. And she walked in the room and she we were talking about Frank Quinn. She had a class with Frank Quinn and she, she basically walked in and I was... I was amazed that she had a class at the school that I go to now and up in St. Louis where we live. Um, but that was a, the connection with her. So she suggested that and always listen to your, listen to your mother, people. <laughs> yes, that's very yeah, good listen, listen to your mother. So when she, when she suggested that, I um, got on the computer and I emailed Father Charlie, who we just had breakfast with. Yeah, he was the vocation promoter at the time. He yeah. was, yeah. And so I emailed Father Charlie, and he said, well, I know this guy, Scott O'Brien, who was the novice master at the time, who's now the student master up, up in St. Louis, where we live. And um, so I, I talked with him and, you know, started conversations and started exploring Dominican life. So at that point in my journey, I had kind of been exposed to religious life, and now I'm starting to look at charism. And what is a charism in Dom Dominicans and all that? Yeah. What what is a charism for our what is, listeners yeah, yeah. that don't know? For sure, <clears throat> that's a good um, 
Good question. I think it's really a, it's an important question for understanding religious uh, religious life and what that means. Charism derives from the word meaning gift. So charism, I think the best way to understand it is a gift of the Holy Spirit to meet needs in the church. It's an overflowing of grace in a particular way. I think charisms are really special because they are particular gifts and that they are um, the Holy Spirit works in the church to nourish the church and to sustain the church in particular ways to respond to the needs. Um, that's kind of the, the background and I think exploring that you really you wonder what you explore what the gift of Dominican life is and just like the gift of other other religious um, congregations and orders um, but understanding what the gift mm -hmm. I would say that that word the the thing though that seems like you didn't touch on yet is why religious life instead of what what did you study at AM? I studied accounting actually accounting yeah, yeah. Um, why did you decide on religious life as opposed to maybe getting married or staying single and working in accounting or whatever else you might have envisioned for your yourself? Or how? Yeah. When did you first start thinking that you were called yeah, as a yeah. priest? Was it a child or? Um, when I was when I was a kid, I had an idea of, of being a priest in the, kind of the same way of that I had an idea of being a major league shortstop. So it was kind of like, you know, like, you know, as a kid, I had, I was not, a, not opposed to it, open it to it. But I, as, as a kid, I would have told you that I wanted to be a major league, major league shortstop. Now that, that career ended in high school. Uh, that um, career idea. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. For sure. My, my coach had something to do with it and my batting <laughs> average too. Um, but yeah, so the, I was open to it as a kid, I, um, but it was just kind of a vague, vague idea. I didn't have like a set. Like I'm gonna to be a, a priest, and it, it was really a journey. I think for me it was a it was a moment of conversion to experience Christian community in my campus ministry. The first time I was asked to lead a retreat, I was terrified. First time I was this an awakening. This was it was similar to awakening. I was it was a retreat team. It was a confirmation retreat oh, for like okay. high school kids. It's we called we called the group Smirk. Um, St. Mary's Youth Retreat Team. Uh. But basically we would drive out to these parishes and put on the retreats. And I remember that experience kind of of ministry, but the, the key thing was ministry in with my peers. And I think that's a really um, awesome witness for a thing like campus ministry that really, that not only to share the gospel, but to do it in the midst of community, that was really powerful for me for my vocation too, to 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 experience that camaraderie with the friends, to pray with them, to have fun with them, just hang out. Mm -hmm. I mean, we would just we'd hang out, we'd just spend good time together, and like that, laugh together, and you know that experience of really Christian friendship and community was that opened my eyes to want to grow in prayer because my my friends are growing in prayer. We're going to mass and we're hanging out afterwards, and we're having fun and like nourishing each other in our friendships. And so it was from that prayer that I started asking like, wow, like it was a conversion and a recognition of my own need for God's grace and experiencing mercy and experiencing mercy through those friends. And then asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? And kind of those questions, I kept asking those questions kind of as the fruit of prayer. And then that 
led to a deeper and deeper exploration and that took that took years it took took years of exploring from kind of those moments of conversion to continue to eventually being at a place where I'm going on a come and see retreat to eventually being a novitiate and now the day before solemn vows sitting with you here what would you say would have been and maybe you haven't thought about there was there some sort of, was there was a tipping point that came if you know that, that what that yeah. means you know so yeah. that we, you, you get to this point where you're you know as you say after weeks and months and years of thinking about something but then you decided this is it I'm I am going to actually apply to the Dominicans was there something that that tipped you over to that point where you could say at least and you know of course when 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 we when we talk to men and come and see or, or throughout their their experience as a novice there's there's lots of decision points there yeah. it's not like you enter the novitiate and that's it oh yeah you know, for the, sure. the, it, that that's it is tomorrow in your solemn vows and we'll get to that but but just to that point where you said okay yeah i feel comfortable enough to to to, to offer my yes to these men mm-hmm. who have been yeah. Churning with yeah, you know that's that's a good point. It's interesting going from like reading a brochure to living coming for your first week in novitiate to really calling the brothers your own your brothers. And I I remember in so novitiate started in August and September. I remember going to confession to a wonderful Dominican priest named Andy Colzo, who was there. He was eighty. Seven at the time, and he was a wonder, wonderful man. Uh, he, he just passed away. Right. He just died in um, this past Christmas Eve. Um, he died, and he was a wonderful men- mentor to me, kind of an adopted grandpa when I was there in the novitiate. Mm-hmm. And we sat t- together after confession, and he encouraged me to pray for my family and my Dominican family. That was in September, and that was the first time I. He, that encouragement that it really registered to me that that these are my brothers you know and there's that transition that's why you have a, a novitiate to go from like reading about the Dominicans to being part of the community and being a brother in the community there that is a moment of grace and conversion and growth I mean that's that um, I'm sure you experienced Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of us Dominicans have experienced that in one way or the other. To go from looking at the order to being part of the community, and, and then to make to make vows, um, and to make vows. And I would say, as far as the tipping point um, with with my vocation, it's been more like a hundred steps of trust. It's been a way of of um, little ways of God's grace working. Uh, and I've been amazed at how God has worked through, in very obvious ways, through the through like the brothers. Like when y'all met together for chapter um, and voted um, on vows and um, affirmed that petition. So we had like there's a process we go through as far as making vows where we petition for vows, and the house meets together and talks about it and and votes and discusses. And those are those are moments of discernment. For me, and as I've grown in discernment, those those very obvious upfront manifestations of of God working through the community, I think, uh, really grown to pay attention to those 
um, as well as my internal thoughts and prayer and, um, to discern that. So it's more than one tipping point. It's been a, um, you know, a hundred um, or even a thousand just little moments, little surrenders and trusting in, in the Lord. You know, and I think it's interesting that <clears throat> certainly among Catholics, but even among other priests, that they don't always understand this process that we go through. You've been in simple vows for uh, four years now. So when we, we have our novitiate, which is a year, and then we're in simple vows for four years, and we're studying at the same time and being actively engaged in ministry. Sometimes people will call us seminarians, but our life is really different than a seminarian. Yeah. It, it looks, if, if you were to make a, a probably more apt comparison, a, a seminary would look more like a college student than we do, than we do because our life is already bound by these vows that we've made mm -hmm. first to our um, our the, the the master of the order through our provincial for a temper on a temporary basis, but then tomorrow mm -hmm. solemn vows yeah. uh, was something which diocesan priests do not do. What does that, what do solemn vows mean to you, Greg? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, solemn vows, it's a surrender of your, your whole life. I love we'll experience and tomorrow in the liturgy, before the vows, there's a beautiful moment that I think really captures a lot of the essence of what vows are, where the provincial asks the question, what do you seek? And as Dominicans, as you said, as friars 800 years ago, said when they make the vows in answer to that question god's mercy and yours it's so simple it's god just there's no elaborate you just god's mercy and yours and I, and I think that's a really beautiful way to describe vows it's that surrender of seeking god's mercy and the mercy of the brothers um, and surrendering that um, in the in the vows you know i think i've always been encouraged by the fact that our simple vows and solemn vows are actually the the, um, have the same formula when we make mm -hmm. vows. Uh, one of the differences, as you said, is the time frame. So when I made simple vows, I profess, I make profession um, to God, to Blessed Mary, to Blessed Dominic, and to you, our prior provincial, in place of the master of the order, uh, <clears throat> uh, of the friar's preachers, according to the institutions of Augustine and our constitutions. Um, and when I said that, I said I, that I will be obedient to you and to your successors for two years. And so it's, in a, in a way, rolling off that two years um, was, was a step, was a, a way to go. I moved to St. Louis and began living vowed religious life. Um, actually, when I came here in, in Houston, I made vows in this chapel here. Here's a funny story. So when we make vows, it's a beautiful gesture. We kneel down before the provincial and we hold the book of the constitutions together in our hands. So the provincial is seated, the, the brother making profession is kneeling before him and you're both holding the book of the constitutions of the order of, of preachers, the, the friars, the constitutions there. And so you make those professions. When I was here uh, in, I was doing summer ministry, I was living in this house here in Houston we're in the chapel just down the hallway and we come into the chapel. And so first vows was a, a thing to like invited 
grandparents and friends in a way similar to the solemn vows and and people were gathering now the renewal vows was was in a sense to extend that simply to to get to this day right so you we make vows for two years and then after two years we renew our vows for two more years mm -hmm. and then we're in, so that we're in vows simple vows for four years that's right yeah at that at that renewal of vows i remember kneeling in the chapel here and <laughs> father marty stood up and and he was there and he's like hey do you have do you have the constitutions he's like no i thought you had them it was like <laughs> so literally i'm like kneeling there and i had to like get up and leave, leave the chapel go get the book come back kneel back down make profession so that was that was the uh, renewal so the the plan is tomorrow is to have that book <laughs> right there yeah yeah um but yeah so the the vowels formula tomorrow will, will change and there's a, a key difference in the the vowels formula is that instead of uh, two years at the end you say uh, I promise obedience to you and your successors until death um, and so yeah. that's a it's a final commitment yeah 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 it's very much in that way like marriage yeah because uh, we vow for life there you know I, I've gotten to know you uh, this past year and uh, you're a, a very fine brother and I'm, 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 it's the I've mentioned on this podcast that that the saving grace of this past year considering all the challenges with the pandemic has been I've been been living at the priory with 22 men and how what a grace moment that's been for me and to get to know you but you know in this past year the, one of the things I, I mean to ask you because it's very very perplexing to me Greg something about you that casts a bit of a shadow is I don't understand how it is that you're a Cubs fan. Now you, you've already mentioned that you were you had baseball in your blood yeah, and you yeah. wanted to be a shortstop for a major league team. But so how is this? How is this guy from Texas? Yeah. With a so you met, <clears throat> brief oh, yeah. stint in Northwestern Indiana, which just <laughs> suggests fealty to another team in oh, my yeah. book, but. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know if you know, Patrick is a huge White Sox fan. The first place Chicago White Sox the at White this Sox. point right now. <laughs> on, on February 20, or I'm mean, sorry, May 28th, the first place Chicago White Sox. When, so you met my dad yesterday in the yeah. chapel, Patrick. Yeah. When my dad was taken home from the hospital in Hanover Park, Chicago. Oh. He, he was crying like nobody's business. And my grandma was came to my grandpa at the time. I mean back in the 60s, 1962, uh, <clears throat> or 63, sorry, um, 1963, and it came in, and my grandma looked at my grandpa and said, what do we do? It's the first, first morning, he's crying, he's crying, and my grandpa had WGN, had the Cubs game on, and put my baby, baby <laughs> dad in front of the Cubs game, and he stopped crying, so my dad has been a Cubs fan. My <laughs> dad loves baseball, I grew up lo loving baseball, and played um, baseball and everything and so I, I grew up um, inheriting that love of the Cubs and I remember being in fifth grade in 2003 um, on the couch and actually it's it's even it's even a little hard to it's actually a little hard to talk about the uh, when the Cubs uh, were <clears throat> five outs away from the World Series yeah in game five the World's World Series and not not the World Series and the uh, NLCS and they were playing when Alex Gonzalez dropped a uh, ground ball at shortstop to basically seal the whole thing with the, 
the, the Marlins coming back and whole thing. I remember being a fifth grader and, and crying on the couch. Oh. My mom was there, and my dad. My dad's a very loving man, caring, caring man. And my mom, mom was there, and she goes, "Pat, you got to You got to do something." Like, like the mother instincts were there. I'm, I'm crying on the couch. My dad was just sitting. Sitting next to me, he goes, if he's going to be a Cubs fan, he's, he's going to be a Cubs fan. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it actually, in the novitiate, when I was in the novitiate, we had a Bible study during, I was like, so there's this background. The Cubs are making this run in 2016. They're playing the Indians. They're, they're going um, into game um, five, six, and seven. They're winning. I remember in game seven, we had a Bible study. The topic was patience. And I like, I had to be there. Uh, my novice master, I was, I was just going nuts because I was, I, I was not patient at all. As soon as that thing, the closing prayer ended, I was back. I was like, it was a fifth inning. I was like, all right. And so actually, the context, my family lived about 30 minutes away from an novitiate. And this is in November, November 2nd. And I, or early November, um, I knocked on the novice master's door, which for a novice master who goes, <laughs> goes to bed early, that was like, a kind of a like a red flag like a novice in like early part in of the division is knocking at your door in distress like is he having a vocation crisis what's going on and i knock on his door and i said i probably should have worded it differently but i said father scott can i go home <laughs> 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 and he looked at me and he goes, brother he has a big deep voice as you as you know and he, brother uh I was like, it's game seven of the World Series. The Cubs are up. This is, and he asked me if it was a need or a need or a want, and I just I was quiet. Uh, he he kind of picked up on the fact that this was a big deal, and so he he let me go. Um, I drove back. My family had no idea. They thought I was going to be in the novitiate all year, and I, the only car we had available at the time was a twelve passenger van and I peeled out of that driveway with the 12 passenger van parked sideways and my family's house jumped in they were they had a we had a dog pile we were watching um the whole game and that was that was an amazing moment with um with watching the Cubs so yeah. anyway so Cubs story and, and watching them win the World Series finally yeah great story yeah well Greg God bless you it's been great talking with yeah, you and getting sure. to know you this year I'm very proud of you and your, and thank you for your, your, your yes to yeah. our, our order and to our church. Thanks to your parents and all who have been part of your formation up to this point. You're a, a real credit to them, and, and you will be to us, I'm sure. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah, thanks, Patrick.